This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I have an interview with a lovely human being. I'm really looking forward to diving into the conversation. We are going to be chatting with Gwen. She is a 4-6 emotional generator, and she works as a guide using human design and the gene keys to support introverts with making an impact while having the freedom and flexibility to live the life of their dreams. She supports heart-centered individuals in becoming completely unapologetic about their unique sensitivity, deep wisdom, and internal process, as well as their desires and direction. She supports them in taking massive action, courageous action towards making their dreams a reality, whether it's discovering who you are and finding your North Star purpose, leaning into up-leveling your creative and professional pursuits, exploring how to be the best partner, spouse, friend, or parent, or starting and scaling a business that you've always dreamed of. So in today's conversation, we had a beautiful talk about the difference between being an introvert and an extrovert and how human design can be an incredibly supportive tool with this endeavor. So I hope you enjoy the episode and we're just going to dive right on in. Welcome, Gwen, to the channel. Super excited to have you here. I would love if we can start today's conversation, if you just want to give a background of what it is that you do and what is currently lighting you up in the work that you're up to. Absolutely. So um, I do a lot of coaching. Um, I am totally a line four person. So I do a lot of connecting, networking. I'm finding that um, I'm really loving the community spaces these days. That's really where I feel like I'm flourishing. And so, yeah, I've actually just signed on to a new, um, to join a new kind of coaching collective and container. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a like a 18 month deep, deep dive into business and human design. So I'm super excited about that. And yeah, who knows what will happen on the other side. But yeah, always looking to learn. I am one of those people that if I could sit and learn all day, like just have all of my Gene Keys books and my laptop, I've got a Notion database that is just out of control with all of my human design notes, all of my Gene Keys notes, all of my coaching notes. If I could just live in that space, that would be bliss for me. Like that's where I'm feeling right now, where I want to hang. Um, but I keep getting called out, you know, my fourth and sixth line, I'm a four, six um, profile. And so I feel like I'm constantly getting called in to, to service. And I actually am really, I love that as well. Um, I'm really lucky that I have the um, opportunity to work with the people that I do. And yeah, I'm kind of 
picking and choosing these days as far as coaching clients goes and projects. So, yeah. That's amazing. I want to dive into this a little bit more. So I love what I'm hearing you being an emotional cycle generator is that you're doing the things that are lighting you up right now. And I love that you're in the environments that are really calling you in and calling you out to share your wisdom and your leadership and the role model-esque, you know, energy that the sixth line has. And so I want to backpedal this and start at the beginning of how you discovered coaching. And then of course you can either weave in how you discovered human design, because obviously you and I are really into this and the gene keys, but let's just start with how you discovered coaching and what that journey looked like for you. Cause when I have these conversations with people on my channel, everyone always has similarities, but differences in their journey and in their story. And I really love capturing that to kind of paint a picture of, you know, your journey so far. Absolutely. Yeah. It is always so interesting to find out how people come into the coaching space. Um, for me, it's almost impossible to talk about coaching and how I came to, into kind of like even um, the realm of that possibility for myself without talking about human design, because I really came into human design first as kind of this self-discovery, self-healing tool and then recognized this massive benefit that it had for other people. I mean, I would share just tidbits with friends, family members, my husband, and they would be like, whoa, you know, it's like, geez, this stuff is really powerful. And um, literally out of the blue, I got an email to join this event, this two-day event that was going on. I have no idea what email list I was on to get this email, but it was um, this live two-day event where they were having all of these presenters kind of back to back to back. Um, and turns out it was all coaches, all coaching, all coaches. Um, and it, honestly, the email, I like literally got it the day of the event. I'm like, okay, I'll check this out. Normally it was one of those things that I would never have looked at. And when I went in, there was um, someone who was presenting that I would like back in the day, back up. Um, I was a blogger, like back in the day when Blogspot was a thing. <laughs> and this particular presenter was like a marketing guru, like from way back then. So I was immediately like, oh, I remember this guy. And um, yeah, I was like immediately intrigued, interested. And as each successive um, speaker, presenter, coach came on to talk, it was more, I was getting more and more and more lit up, more excited, more engaged about what I was hearing. And they were all literally talking about coaching. That's really what it came down to. And of course, at the end of the two days, yeah, there was a big invitation to join a coaching training program. And by that point, I mean, I was like, there's no way at the beginning of this thing that I would ever have considered by the end of the two days, I was like, I have to join this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, at that time, wasn't too terribly in tune or following my authority <laughs> like I should have. And so I really pulled the trigger on, on that particular program, but I frankly have absolutely no regrets. Um, my sacral 
really guided me in that process more than my emotional authority. My solar, solar plexus <laughs> just was along for the ride at that point. But um, that was really my first taste. And it, it, you know, that event, that process, going through that training program, that certification program, really hammered home, like, you know, this is what you can do with human design. You could actually coach people through the lens of. And so, yeah, it was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is the direction I really want to go. So, yeah, that was just the beginning of it. And of course, I've been through several certifications since. I'm one of those people that, you know, my hanging gate 48 can never have enough <laughs> learning and certifications. Um, so, yeah, here I go again. But yeah, I absolutely love the learning process so much. And I get so much out of being in those um, cohorts. I think it's that's another part of it for me that's just so juicy and fun. I feel that your four line is just loving that that community aspect, right? In the learning, I was smiling, obviously, when you said gate 48, because I have that too. And it's just the inadequacy. It's funny because I used to feel like a victim to that gate, the shadow of inadequacy. I'd be like, yes, I feel inadequate. Like I'm just, I was in such agreement with it. But then yes. when I actually shifted the perspective and realized that inadequacy drove me to become resourceful in my business in particular, I thought, oh, yeah. this is why I have all this wisdom. And so it became this, it was unconsciously defined for me. So that was my experience. So when you talked about this drive of like, oh, I need to learn more. I want to master this. Like I can a hundred percent relate to that. Exactly. Yes. And I have been right there myself. And, you know, I definitely find myself going back to, you know, the inadequate place. And then when I work with people, when I share, um, you know, when I'm connecting with either clients or um, others that I'm supporting in whatever way, they are always blown away just by the sheer depth of information that I have at my fingertips. And I'm also one of those people because I have the open head and Ajna, well, oh, completely open head and undefined Ajna, one, um, one hanging gate there that I literally like just devour information, but I also take copious notes because I'm so afraid I'm going to forget something. <laughs> and so, yeah, I have, you know, so much information at my fingertips. I have, you know, this again, um, I love Notion. It is totally like everything um, that I learn goes right in there. So. Yeah, it's really, yeah, I feel like that's my gate 48, that it's best. And sometimes also that maybe it's kind of shadow frequency as well. Yes, I can. Of, yeah, not having the information handy. Yes, I can totally relate to the undefined head, open Ajna, at least that's, that's mine is a little bit reversed in that sense of just the mm -hmm. overwhelming ability of like, is he seeking information? I totally mm -hmm. relate to that. I would love to dive in more specifically how you right now are exploring working with human design and introverts. And so we've talked a little bit about this before we hit record, but I, I really love this. 
because I feel that in the industry or just in life, there's this whole world of, oh, you know, you're shy, you're this. And there's kind of a disempowering context around the aspect of introverts. And one thing that I'm actually curious to hear your opinion on as well is when somebody gave me a really great definition of introverts versus extroverts, and this might be kind of a different paradigm, but introverts, this expression that I was told is introverts are fueled by spending time with themselves. They energize themselves by being, you know, in their own space, in their own energy, you can say, and alone, but I feel like, you know, alone doesn't mean you have to not have people in your life. And extroverts are fueled by being around people. So it's interesting because I feel that I am an introvert and I have an unconscious two line in my human design chart. I also have seven undefined open centers. So when I go into spaces, I really amplify the energy. But as a person, I'm very charismatic. So there's kind of this this like juxtaposition with that. But I would really yes. love to dive into this conversation with you and hear your thoughts about introverts and just how you work with them and the things that you're dismantling and so on. Absolutely. Um yeah, the whole idea of being an introvert um, and like that coming literally from kind of my own personal experience, um, I think even as a kid, I was obsessed with assessments and self-knowledge. I think that's sort of a generator trait. We're here to really know ourselves. And yeah, um, the... Um, what is it? Myers-Briggs was one of the very first things that really clued me into the whole idea of what introvert extrovert was. I think I probably took that in, I'm, I was probably 12 or 13, seriously, when I um, first encountered that assessment. And it was the full, like the big, long uh, Myers-Briggs assessment. And it indicated very strong introverted tendencies. Um, and as I have navigated my path, very much like you, Kayla, I had sort of a public face. And then I also had my very much my need to um, sort of retreat, recover, recoup my energy. And I started recognizing that I was a little different than other people, particularly when I worked primarily in sales and how, um, how I managed my energy was really important. Now, I also tended to overconsume caffeine. Um, I constantly pushed myself really hard when I was at work, so I wouldn't have to work a lot of overtime. And I ended up really burning myself out as a result. Um, but I also, interestingly, built some very strong boundaries around my schedule as well. So I definitely understood that my energy worked differently. And I knew that if I was going to be successful, that I was going to have to protect it in some way. And so I started figuring those things out. As I have moved deeper and deeper into coaching, you know, and when I first came into, you know, the whole human design community and learning and space, you know, that that was never addressed. And I sort of kind of lost touch with that. And it has really come back into, you know, 
sort of it's come back into my scope onto my radar in the past year in a really big way i started really trying to see the traits of introversion the characteristics in the human design chart and through the gene keys and as i looked more and more and more deeply into it i recognized yes you know there are definite types that speak to introversion you know when you think of a manifester i always i see a classic introvert um obviously second line energy um there are so many gates that are all about retreat gate 40 um gate 33 i mean so many we could you know i could go on and on and on and as i you know i recognize that all of us carry this energy like we're all we all have the potential to have either extroverted or introverted characteristics tendencies expressions if you will and so i see it just like any of our other energies they're expressed on a spectrum and so hence yeah you have this very charismatic nature and yet you also recognize the need to really tend to your energy and retreat and so yeah i would definitely say you're an introvert but again everyone operates on a spectrum um it's really interesting too as soon as i started um talking about this particularly in my marketing immediately it resonated i mean i had people just showing up out of nowhere yes i'm an introvert or i definitely resonate i you know started having calls with other people in human design um who were like oh you know please talk about this more so it's definitely a rabbit hole that I intend to really go down and um, and explore more deeply, but it's also a community that I really want to serve. Um, I found that introverted clients have such very different needs, pains, desires, challenges. They're not, you know, your typical client. And when I see a lot of the marketing out there. I recognize that so much does not resonate with the introvert. Um, but yeah, some does. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it is completely, you know, completely misses the mark. And so I really want to yeah, develop more programming for introverts and, um, you know, introverts in the coaching space, because I know so many so many who are so gifted and they have such a challenging time you know with their visibility as introverts it's their nature i'm so, really yeah. enjoying the how you address specifically that it's a spectrum because obviously in this conversation we're not looking to one and done label people right right but the fact that we what happens though is when we acknowledge a spectrum it actually allows us to be more inclusive right exactly because yeah you know again nobody is totally an introvert or totally an extrovert and you know that energy can express particularly if you have a lot of openness in your design um 
vastly differently from moment to moment, day to day, you know, year to year. You can be so completely different in your lifetime over the course of your life, depending on what you're doing and who you're around. Yes. I'm loving this because it really shows the way that you dive into this and you bring awareness to this is that it's going to support people in the moment. Because for example, I did the Myers Myers Briggs test back in probably 2016. And I showed up as an ENFJ something something. Yes. But but then I did it again in 2019 and I showed up as an INFJ. And so this is my speculation. Yes, this is my speculation because I'm a 6'2". 29 is a Saturn return. So you go from this three-line energy in the first 30 years of our life of experimenting, doing the things, living the things to on the roof, which is a very retreating energy. I noticed this. It's like I'm retreating, I'm reflecting, I'm integrating. I don't need to go out and prove myself. I want to, I want to mull this over, like really absorb that, that natural wisdom that I have from the two line. And then I want to role model it and come out and then like retreat again. And so I, this is like the only thing that I can think of why I would have changed, but also my environment too, even though I have a defined G center, when I was living in Toronto from 2016 to 2019, I was working at a gym as a personal trainer. I was around hundreds of people working with clients every single day in the gym for three years, downtown Toronto in the financial district, which is like one of the busiest cities in Canada. And then in 2019, we moved back to BC on the West Coast. And so there, that's when I was, you know, we start going into the pandemic, right? I moved fully remote in my business and doing contract work. And so, and then I turned 29, 30. So there's so many variables and I love that we get to have fluidity with that. And even with human design too, like we obviously are influenced by the people that we're around, by the conditioning that we've had through, you know, the transits, like there's just so many nuances, which obviously I'm all about the nuances, but I'm really curious to hear your reflection on that. And you also have a six line. So I'm curious how, and I feel like the way that you've reacted to what I said, when I switched, if that happened to you as well. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Um, yes, I definitely felt, you know, a major shift, um, from that first phase to second phase. But again, I didn't come to human design until I was already coming, like coming off the roof. So for me, it was looking at it in retrospect. It was like, oh my gosh, um, this is why these assessments don't always work. I mean, you can't pigeonhole, you know, and always have like your Myers-Briggs, you know, result may change, may very well change. And I definitely found the same was true for me as well. Um, which is why I love human design so much. It is empirical data. It's, and I hate using the word empirical, frankly, um, but, um, you know, it's based on data. It's not based on an assessment, which again, to me, like are your, are your responses you can be a completely different person um, taking it at one point in your life versus another point, particularly if you have a six line profile, you have a lot of openness in your design. There's so much 
that can influence who and how you are. And so that's, I think, the beauty of the human design chart, because you can always rely on that. You can always go back to strategy and authority, you know, and that's always going to, you know, take you to the next right place. Yes. I really loved what you just said about data, like human design using data, because it's like your birth information. It's not based on what you ate for breakfast yesterday. Like it's literally your birth information, but there's still the nuance and fluidity in it as well. But it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast episode recently and they were talking about the Enneagram and I had done the Enneagram assessment and I was initially a four with the five and six wing. And I just redid it when I listened to the podcast episode and it changed to a two with the one and three wing. So what I yes. find, what I find interesting about this is that, well, what actually what I learned about the Enneagram was, is that it's truly based on your motivations. It's not how the person is showing up. It's the underlying motivations that give you the Enneagram, but it can change, right? So it's so interesting how these can change, but with human design, there is that consistency there. But then I obviously love throwing in the curveball of like, oh, let's look at your unconscious design. Oh, you're a manifesting generator. Now you're a projector. And then you're a reflector. How do you feel about that? And then you just kind of throw in a bunch of shit to mix up the pot and people are like, oh my God, who am I? Right. Which is so funny, <laughs> but I would love, can you give some more examples of how you support introverts by using their human design? I feel like people are going to want to know more of this. So we're going to go deeper into that. Absolutely. And this is totally one of my favorite things. And again, this is like kind of a new exploration for me. Um, but when I think about the people that I support, particularly who are introverts, it's all about resource and energy management. It really does come down to that sustainability piece and honoring, you know, the way that you feel in that moment, um, honoring your authority, honoring your strategy, but also recognizing where you are energetically speaking, knowing and recognizing what it is that you may be having some limitation around. And frankly, limitation, you know, I think <laughs> when we talk about introverts, I think a lot of people do think of that as a limitation. Um, you know, we lionize the extrovert and yet when you stop and think of classic introvert traits and qualities, they truly are, you know, um, they truly are to me some of the best human qualities. You know, when we think of human evolution, they're, you know, they're the great listeners, they're the great connectors, they're the great thinkers, um, all of these things. So those are the things I really lean into. I really want to make sure that any introvert that I work with, of course, understands the foundational pieces, their strategy and authority, you know, very clearly, but getting into the nuances of their gates and lines, reading their lines to me is so much more important oftentimes than somebody who's really, you know, giving off a lot of energy, an extrovert, classically speaking, um, because again, knowing the nuance of 
the the actual gate with the planet with the line knowing what that's like and that spectrum of expression that they then can really rely on and they can then honor that about themselves so those are things that I like to get into we talk a lot about relationships so connection is a big thing conflict and conflict resolution are big pieces networking so essentially anything in connection tend to be things that we will always be talking about because those are the things um that are going to you know the more that they can lean into connection i think introverts will tend to want to retreat um, and they definitely should build that in to their lives but it's so important for them to recognize that the connections that they make you know, they're really about quality and deep connection. And these are the paths. These are um, the aspects of their lives that are going to teach them the biggest lessons. And so it's so important that they gain the skill of conflict resolution. They tend to be avoiders when it comes to stuff like that. Or, you know, I'm not a networker. I don't like networking. And it's like, guess what? You know, I think in many ways, introverts can outshine extroverts at networking, you know, being good listeners, being curious, being in really intelligent people. It's just a few little things that, you know, that they can be shown that, you know, can really open them up. They can essentially take the lid off and really shine so brightly as introverts. I love how much you are looking at the nitty gritty and the very particular things that you find in introverts that when that gets amplified, it can be noticed just as much as someone who's naturally extrovert and like naturally consistently charismatic and outgoing and, you know, just a, a bubbly and so on, which tends to get noticed because, you know, that is more noticeable. Like you're just, you're, you're that person's going to be talkative. They're going to be you know, wanting to connect with more people, they're going to take initiative, right? And so I really yeah. love that you're getting into the specificities of like, what are your natural talents and gifts? And it's interesting, because this morning, I just want to share this, because I thought it was really interesting. I was meditating. And I asked myself, Kayla, what is it that you need to know today? And what came through was slow and intentional. And I started to just say this over and over in my head, slow and intentional, slow and intentional. And it started to come into my body and I started to just feel like I was melting. Like I just thought, wow, like what is actually available with slow and intentional? And I thought this is really fascinating because I shared, I sent a voice message to some entrepreneurial girlfriends afterwards and I'm telling them how I was sitting with slow and intentional and it became very hypnotic the way I was thinking about it and just the intentionality of, you know, when I connect with people, when I create something, when I put something out there, like it's a bit of a slow burn. And I realized that slow and intentional because it is a sort of hypnotic state of the way we do things. If you think about subconscious work, it actually helps you access more. Oh so my gosh. when slow is fast when right? it comes to yes, working in the working in you know deeply in that self reflective space. Yes, agreed. 
So I'm thinking of the slow and intentional. I'm thinking, okay, so I'm contemplating this and I'm slowing down and I'm putting myself into a hypnotic trance and I'm realizing that I can actually access more. So when I think about this and I'm going to tie it into the introverts, it's, it's this it's a different frequency of how people can connect with their environment, with the right people, but there's just not enough supportive tools to help amplify these gifts compared to somebody who is extrovert. And there's, there's no, there's no shame in the extroverts. I don't want people to listen to this and feel like we're putting introverts on a pedestal because they're not being heard. It's more like we're having a conversation about inclusivity and actually bringing like an equitable experience to more than one type of person. So I just Absolutely. was listening to you and this this all just kind of came into my head and I was like, oh my God, this is so intentional. Like, I feel like this is, you know, the essence of of an introvert at times as well. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, introverts and extroverts are kind of perfect pairs, you know, when you think about their energy, they work together beautifully. Um, and when you think, I always think of, you know, again, I always go back to a lot of openness in the chart, you know, the classic most open um, design is going to be a reflector and they literally are here to reflect back you, who you are. That is, that is exactly what they do. And all of us have parts of a reflector in us if we have openness and a lot of it in our designs. And that can be a really beautiful thing for anyone to be around is to allow someone to reflect back to them who they are. And that's the benefit for the extrovert is they have someone to essentially hold up the mirror and it's like, wow, you know, do you like what you see? Um, and so, yeah, they offer the extrovert an opportunity to really reflect. It's, you know, um, and, and introverts tend to be, you know, again, very perceptive um, if, again, they're really leaning into their, their, um, their own energetic patterns. So many times I run into introverts who are battered and they have put on armor and they have this facade and they may be a little out of touch with that perceptual quality that they naturally have because they feel like, you know, they're not treasured, they're not cherished, um, they're overlooked, they're invisible. But, you know, honestly, if they can start to lean into and, and again, honor their own energetic uniqueness, there's real power for them and for their extroverted counterparts. So beautiful. Earlier, I was talking about the concept of being shy and how this can sometimes be associated with introverts. And it was really interesting because... I stumbled across this reel on Instagram like sometime last year and it was a mom making a reel about their child saying don't call my child shy and I was reading the caption and it was talking about how shy first of all it's not a bad thing but the way that it's held in society is that this person is not sociable they're awkward they are hard to connect with there's all these things but the actual truth is that they might just need a bit more time. And so yes. when we start labeling someone as introvert or shy, it it puts on 
a weight of stereotypes that could actually be really disempowering for the person. And I feel like the work that you're doing is really peeling this away because you're shining the light on the gifts of the introvert energy, which I think is really beautiful. So I was just thinking about that as, as I was listening to you and I wanted to amplify that a bit more. Exactly. Yeah. Shyness, I almost feel like is a reactive um, posture that maybe someone who is more quiet, who is more perceptive, who is, you know, just more energetically, you know, they're going to amplify others' energy and yeah, they may not necessarily understand it or they've been, you know, they've already been through the ringer of, you know, being punished for being um, quiet and, you know, more um, introspective by nature and slower, you know, you talk about the slow burn. This is truly kind of how, you know, the classic introvert does interact with life, with other people. It is a slow burn. And, you know, once you get to the fire within, you know, there's such gifts there. But yeah, you're right. Shyness is definitely one of those traits that, yeah, has been attributed to introverted people and almost, um, it almost is um, associated with not being as likable a trait as someone who's, you know, bubbly and extroverted and talkative. And yeah, so you're right. I love that you brought this up and I, it's really lovely to hear that a mother is bringing this up about her child and hopefully others see this as well in this whole notion of yeah if someone's shy maybe there's something else going on it's not just they're shy yes exactly for me when I saw that it just helped me be a bit more curious and gentle and you know it's funny this is kind of a, a cute example but one of we have two cats two black white cats one of them is introvert the other one is extrovert like straight up just based on our conversation that's how they are and boots she's my my girl cat and she she's very she is shy but when she's comfortable when she feels safe and secure she's like a little puddle of love like she's just so love drunk she's happy she's wants to be picked up and 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 I realized that it's just patience with her and I still we've had her for six years now and I still tell my fiance you need to be gentle when you go up to her. Otherwise, she's going to react and she's going to run away. Like just be gentle, inviting, and it brings out the best in her. So I'm kind of using this as a metaphor for people because it, it's it's applicable, right? So I just wanted to share that little piece. And I want to dive into, we were talking a bit about the slow burn. And I know that you love the Gene Keys. And so I'm really curious to hear about your experience with the Gene Keys and even how you bring this into the work that you do, because obviously I'm obsessed with the Gene Keys and I've been talking about it incessantly for like four months now, but I would love to just bring that into the conversation as well, because I know that you like to use both systems. Absolutely. Yeah. I discovered Richard, probably the first human design, like my first official human design course, um, I was on YouTube and there was a Richard Rudd video. And I, I think it was the, 
it was had to do with, with the beauty of pausing. And it was like, oh, I love this. And um, the next time our class met, our human design class met, I brought it up to my um, our, our class leader and guide. And this was a an international human design school course. Now, me being brand new to human design, I didn't necessarily understand all of the kind of politics around <laughs> the human design community. Um, but I was really delighted, you know, that she was really into, you know, Richard. I'm just like, oh, cool. Okay, good. So this is, you know, somebody that she clearly respects and follows. And she was one of these instructors. I mean, if you're in, you know, that role in that particular organization, clearly you've had years and years and years of training. And so it was kind of nice now looking back to see that she was, you know, she was very open and loving with Richard's message. And as a result, you know, I think I was sort of looking to her, like, is this someone, you know, that I should be following and looking towards? And so, yeah, I definitely, that really opened the doors for me. Um, and I really followed that path to the point that I even had the opportunity to work with the Jane Keys in helping um, organize events. They do, you know, live events. Um, periodically. And it's been so fun and amazing to just work in that community. I mean, I talk about lots of spiritual energy, unlike any other community. It's really like the warmest, gentlest. And I love that term that you used, sort of community that I've ever experienced. And um, I consistently go back to it both for myself and then in working with other people, working with clients, whether it's looking at their pearl sequence or, you know, just to find out kind of how they are built to work um, with other people, which you can actually kind of ferret out. Or if, you know, they're experiencing a lot of, you know, old wounds. And so again, it's, you know, a great opportunity to look at the Venus sequence, which is um, a sequence that I personally have not spent enough time, I don't think, um, with myself. And I want to do some more um, deep diving into. Um, I've spent a lot of time um, with the Pearl and a lot of time in Genius, but um, I would love to actually get more deeply into Venus because frankly, you know, I feel like it's sort of the, it's sort of that hub that um, really does unlock a lot of the unconscious energy, um, particularly from your past. And so, yeah, as someone who's a total nerd of <laughs> self-reflection and self-knowledge, it seems like a really invaluable place to spend some time. Oh my goodness. I can totally relate and this is actually how just the listeners know like Britt and I connected kind of through the gene keys but also through human design you know it was just 
you're contemplating both systems, I'm contemplating both systems, and then we decided to collaborate, have this conversation, and to be interviewed on her and Chantel's channel as well, and I just love the system so much. For me, my experience has been that human design, it's funny because the strategy and authority piece is a very feminine energy because it is about being receptive. Even if you're a manifester and you're designed to initiate and inform, you still need to be receptive to your urges. So there's kind of this sort of illusion around initiating and informing where it's like you actually do have this energy of waiting as well. And so I find that there's this feminine essence, but there's also because it's so systematic and structural, there's a lot of masculine energy there. And I found that the gene keys gave me more of this slow burn and contemplative practice that really helped me almost amplify my embodiment of human design. Like I feel, I feel that the gene keys supports my human design more than my human design supports the gene keys, which I think is a really bold statement, but I'm really curious to hear what, what surprises you and what, what do you love the most about gene keys and maybe like synthesizing this with human design? Like, I would just love to hear your experience. Let's see, you know, I feel like with the gene keys, the nuances with the lines has been such a gift Um, with human design, unless you get into the lines compendium or you like grab Shaitan Parkin's book of lines and really like, you know, study it. Um, But again, a lot of it is just words with the gene keys. It's practice. It's contemplation there's guidance, there's community there that you don't necessarily, unless you find it yourself um, with human design. And again, it's kind of like, depending on which community you, you, you know, get in with, you're not necessarily going to get the deep dive into the specific lines, into the specific gates, into the specific planets like you do. And it's so integrative, you know, with human design, it's almost kind of piecemeal. You know, you learn an aspect, like you were saying, it has a, such a structure to it. And yes, with the gene keys, it really does open that up. And for me, I'm kind of, I think I'm really a literal thinker. I've got that gate four and, um, I also have gate 18 and I tend to be a really literal sort of thinker in that way. Um, and so the gene keys has been really helpful for me, particularly in just connecting the dots and really bringing all of those aspects together as opposed to keeping them so structurally separate, like, okay, it's this planet and this gate in this line, which it's like, okay, how do I bring it all together? And it's like, yeah, the Gene Keys does that beautifully. It really does. And, you know, you can, you know, listen to the whole audio. You can read the entire, you know, summary of the, you know, or the entire description of um, each of the spheres, each of the Gene Keys. Um, Or, you know, you can really take, just get your free profile and you're going to get a wealth of beautiful information as just sort of an introduction, which I encourage anyone to do. 
um, it's just getting and reading through your profile is such a beautiful sort of learning experience. It's like, oh, wow, you can learn so much just from that one little piece that you really don't get from a human design chart. Yes, I resonate so much with everything that you said. And even just the nuances of the lines. Like, for example, one of my friends, just just to give an example to the listeners, she's a 1-3 manifesting generator. And in human design, the one line is known as the investigator. And the three line is known as the, the martyr or the experimenter. And so one day we're having a conversation and we're, we're, we're having this conversation around her business and certain embodiment practices and the frustration and the anger that she's feeling. And I'm like, well, do you realize that, and I started looking at the lines from a Gene Keys lens. And I said, the one line in the Gene Keys is like, you're a creator, like your foundation is really important to you. You're going to create things and you're going to let things go. And that's going to be what is, you know, you're consciously processing. Yes, you're investigating, but then you're actually creating things, right? And then the three line, especially because it's an unconscious three, I said, movement is so important to you. And this is somebody who loves ecstatic dancing, who is all about going out and taking adventures in nature to process. And, you know, the the three line shadow is is really deeply rooted in shame. Right. And it's like, okay, if you're feeling shame and if you're feeling this, like you need to move and you're not, you're not allowing yourself or giving yourself the permission to experiment, or if you notice that you are avoidant or you cut things off, like these are the shadow frequencies of the three line from a, from a gene keys lens. And even just with the, let's say, I like to call it like the medicine of the shadow is humor. So if you can laugh at yourself, through the experimenting, through the creating things and throwing them out the window. And then you look at being a manifesting generator and it's like, okay, you do this and then you change your mind and you do this. And then you're experimenting and you're all over the shop, but that's literally, literally how you're designed to show up. But it was using the language from the Gene Keys lines and taking it deeper that she was like, oh, like it just landed so much more than saying, oh, you're an investigator, martyr slash experimenter. So I love that you brought that up because like I said, for me, the Gene Keys supports the human design system because it's so much more nuanced. And it's just like, I just love the nuance so much. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. The, you know, you're just talking about lines one and three. You're absolutely right. You know, we get into these very strict sort of ideas in human design about what those are, where yeah, the Gene Keys lines study really goes much more deeply into that. And it's like, yeah, the investigator is also has to embody what it is that they're investigating before they feel really stable in it. So it's all about embodiment and creation would be a huge part of that. I love that. I love that. It's really cool. And yeah, I'm glad that you were able to share that and have her really like receive it and give her a whole new level of understanding of how it is that she's designed to work in her business. That's really beautiful. That's why we do what we do. That's why you do what you do. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm loving this. And you know what? I think this is a beautiful segue into how can people connect with you? And you shared a little bit about what you were doing in the beginning of our conversation, but how can people connect with you? You can chat about the podcast. Of course, I'm going to include that in the show notes. All the links will be in the show notes and let us know where the listeners can find you as well. Yeah, absolutely. So Kayla was recently on um, a podcast that I co-host with Chantal Cox. And we have, we work in the community that create the life you love coaching community. So um, I definitely would encourage people if you're on Facebook to find our group, create a life you love community, uh, because you can definitely find me active in there. We've got a membership um, that we also um, run alongside that. So if you want a little more deeper dive and more kind of, you know, um, we get deeply into um, things like productivity and um, and human design and podcasting. Um, right now, Chantal is helping our members um, with publishing, self-publishing. So we have a lot of members who are really interested in getting a book out. And she's, you know, she's actually lived and done that um, quite successfully. So that's really what we're about is supporting our members, um, you know, based on exactly what it is that they want. So I love that. And that's a place where I'm, I often spend a lot of time is um, create a life you love. So you can find us um, on Instagram as well under create a life you love coaching. And um, you can also find me on my website. Um, you can contact me there. All of my um, social media links are there and it's just my name, gwenwhite.com. So super simple, um, easy to find me. And of course, I think I'm Gwen White um, on Instagram, Coach Gwen on Facebook. So yeah, I totally welcome anyone to chat me up, match with me. Let's talk introverts. Let's talk human sign. Let's talk jinkies, whatever it is that's interest of you. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And before I wrap up the conversation today, I always love to ask my listeners at the end, what is a, an intuitive piece of wisdom that you want to leave with our listeners today? Oh, geez. An intuitive piece of wisdom. You know, I'm essentially going to um, bring something back up that you talked about today in our conversation, and that is slowing down. That has been a big, um, absolute big theme for me. Um, someone said recently in um, the conversation I was in, a community conversation, slow is fast, and I loved that whole idea. And then the next thing is trust. So trusting your path, trusting yourself honoring what it is that you know, as opposed to doubting, because, you know, there's so much noise. And if you can slow down and trust, uh, you're miles ahead, particularly following your intuition. I love this. It's so great because one thing I really like about you, Gwen, is you're very soft-spoken and just you have a very calming energy. So I found today's conversation was it it felt slow and intentional. Like it's so funny that this morning I was literally meditating on slow and intentional. I just felt like a conversation like we just really went 
very deep into our topics, deeply into intuition. Like it was just this this beautiful conversation. So I love that you brought this up again. And I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom and showing your heart and really giving a voice for the introvert. So of course, if you consider yourself to be an introvert and you want to learn more and just be curious without feeling disempowered, definitely reach out to Gwen. So thank you again for coming on, Gwen. My pleasure. Thank you, Kayla. It's been such an honor to spend this time with you. Thank you. And I want to thank the listeners too for tuning in. Make sure you check out the show notes. If you can take a moment to subscribe to the channel, obviously there's going to be lots more juicy conversations coming out. And if you can take a moment to leave a review, even if you swipe stars on Apple or Spotify, that is greatly appreciated. And I will chat with you in the next episode.